Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Yeah, but there's a lot of dumb people. And then, then the iPhone people will come to other departments to look at other shit. And then they'll be fucking tooling around. Like one came over and he goes – he's talking to his friend. His friend's like – they both got iPhone 5s because <clears throat> they did pre-orders and they came to pick them up. And they're, <laughs> they're like, yeah, 4G LTE, man. This, this phone's the shit. And I'm thinking to myself, God, dude, this is like three fucking years ago. Yeah. Like seriously. But whatever. And, and he goes, yeah, hey, they man. just got them, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it, it, but to Apple people, it just happened, you know. So it's like whatever. So he comes over and he's like, "Hey, man, um, do you have any MacBooks?" And they always ask me this. There's a huge fucking wall with an Apple symbol on it. And I'm like, "Yeah, it's see that black wall with the Apple symbol on it? They're over there." Oh, cool. So I follow him over there. I said, "What's up? You got that new iPhone five or what?" And he's like. He's like, yeah, man, it's good that um, Apple finally uh, worked out the kinks with that 4G stuff so they could add it to their phone. And I'm all, what kinks? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, that's why they don't. That's why Apple doesn't add stuff right away because they're testing it. And he's like, don't you pay attention to the Apple? So I'm like, I don't pay attention to the bullshit lies. I'm like, uh, I've had phones with 4G on them for years and they work perfectly fine. He's like, you thought they worked fine. Uh, but now I'm like, okay. Please do not share your Kool-Aid with me. What you what you want? What you what you want? Fucking hot ass Los Angeles, but coming from basically the surface of the sun, Adam motherfucking Riley. I, when I go outside, my cigarettes light themselves. <laughs> That's how fucking hot it is. It's like one of the hottest places in America. It was 120 degrees today, and I was driving in an unair conditioned car. Oh, God. Please send all donations. <laughs> We're going to start a Kickstarter account. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. This the shit. surface of the, the fucking Jesus. <laughs> so hot. And, like, it's so funny because the news reports here are like, oh, but it's going to cool down on Tuesday to 107. Oh, well, thank God. When it gets over 100, it doesn't really fucking matter. 
until it gets over 110. Yeah. And then you're like, fuck. That's when suddenly, like, your clothes start burning off your body, you know? I mean, Jesus Christ. It was actually, although, like, we're recording this on Sunday night, and for me here, it felt hotter yesterday than it did today. Now, it was hotter today. Here. I was going to say, on the surface of the sun, yeah. that's... there was a solar flare, because it was fucking hot. <laughs> solar flare. Oh, man. Well, uh, first things first, literally nothing happened to me this week. Like, I mean, you know, hung out, did did some shit, but nothing extraordinary. Like, this week had nothing, like, nothing extraordinary. No games, no new movies, you know, no awesome, like, six ways. Nothing. It was just quiet. Shh. Yeah. Quiet. Shh. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, but but you actually went to the movies. Wait, oh man. Did, what, you paid for the movies? I did pay for the movie. Wow. Piece of shit. <laughs> I had just enough. I actually, I went, um, a couple of buddies, uh, went and saw World War Z, even went to Five Guys before that. I was like a grown adult. Whoa. It's yeah. funny, too, because you're like, uh, my friends? Like a question, like, I went with friends? Friends? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, because I don't go out. Like, me and my wife were talking, or my wife and I were talking about this earlier, um, where she's like, we never go out. And then, first of all, we ain't going out until it's fucking at least under 100 degrees. I'm not going out in 120. It's 102 right now. We're recording (laughs) this at 1045. Um, So, the. She's like, you never go out, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why? Why do I have to go out? I paid rent. Like, why? I didn't pay for outside. I went out to work. <laughs> yeah, shit. It was that all damn day. Do you want to go out? The door's right there. Oh, <laughs> show yourself. <laughs> no, but I saw World War Z. First of all, if, if none of you have uh, tried Five Guys, I'm telling you. The burgers at Five Guys are delicious. I don't know if they have that up in California. No. They probably do. They um, probably do. Well, not around here anyway, but... It's... It's... Delicious. Delicious. Get that shit. Um, <laughs> World War Z was was better than I thought it was going to be. Reviews um, have been fairly favorable on that movie. Yeah, the cool thing is it's not really a horror movie. It's it's an action movie. Um, there's a few scenes where, Ugh, you know, you're like, fuck, the zombies look fucked up. But there's really not much of the grotesque. You don't see people getting dragged off, half-bitten, all fucked up. It was, it was a good movie. I mean, Brad Pitt, I mean, is a good actor. Yeah, he's not he's not a slouch, you know. See, um, easy on the eyes. He is easy on the eyes, mm. and the soul. <laughs> <laughs> no, and and the the sense of peril is truly there. Like you, 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 there's a scene, and I'm not gonna ruin it, but there's a scene when everything starts happening, and you're just like, holy shit. You know, <laughs> Because just everything's happening at once. It's not only the zombies, right. but you're seeing people turn into zombies, which takes like 10 seconds. And then you're also seeing the non-zombies <laughs> run over each other and freak out. You know, So it was like just mass fucking panic. You know, I hmm. was like, wow. It, the movie was good. It was good. There's a lot of points where you're like, he's not going to make it. <laughs> and you're watching Brad Pitt. 
Yeah, he's gonna make it, right? <laughs> you know, but it was a good enough movie where you're like, ah, oh, he's not gonna make it. <laughs> and of course, the he's the one that finds the uh, the way to defeat defeat them, even though he has no credentials to figure this out, other than being Brad Pitt. <laughs> well, that's all he needs. That's right. He's like, um, I found the cure. You can't find the. Ah, oh, I'm Brad Pitt. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> he pulled out his ID and shows it. I'm Brad Pitt. His his ID doesn't say Brad Pitt anymore. It says married to Angelina Jolie. <laughs> <laughs> Angelina Angelina Jolie's other half. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm Brad Jolie. I mean, <laughs> wait. <laughs> now, what about the now? What about the zombies running? Like, did it look CG or did it actually look? No, it looked legit. Yeah, it did look legit. Um, they were real people running. They were like in makeup. And they, well, they were just... well, well, you see them building a pyramid out of the zombies. I'm pretty well, obviously, sure that's... obviously. <laughs> I mean, obviously that what they use children for that. But I'm just saying, <laughs> no, that you use that children looks... in a faraway camera. You know, <laughs> the CG was good. It, it was it it was obviously a high budget film. I mean, for for that those instances, um, they look like ants. You know, how ants do that, right? You know, they stack up. But it, it was pretty cool, and I, I thought the story was good. Um, I, I felt the. The reaction of of how you're seeing the humans react to it was very accurate. Like something that would actually people would actually do, mm. you know. Um, and it, it was it was good. I mean, you know, they they they. I trying to. I can't say much because it kind of ruins parts yeah. of it. But you know, it's the typical stuff. You people are losing their mind a little bit over it, and obviously, <laughs> um, you know, people are dying and shit. But uh, you know, Brad Pitt has a family in this, so that dynamic is there. He's got two daughters and a wife, and and you know he wants to get home to the you know the obvious shit, you know. Right. But they're good actors in it. Um, it wasn't cheesy at all, not not one bit. And I was surprised for yeah. a zombie movie. Yeah, you kind of expect that a little bit. See, but this is the problem though. World War Z was a pretty decent movie. Now the book was way better, and this movie really has nothing to do with the book. Yeah, be, it's loosely based on the book. Um, the this movie being that it is a higher level of a zombie film, where it's not cheese ball, it's it's li- this is the beginning of the end for the zombie craze. Yeah. This 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 is the cap. So now you're gonna just start seeing shit movies, <laughs> like really <laughs> bad movies, and then eventually we'll have a new monster to follow. So right, I think we should go back to aliens. That's fun. Yeah, aliens are fun. Yeah. Um, well, and then just, it's hot. Yeah. I, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if, I don't know how many of you live in the, you know, the Southern state in the Southwest, but it's fucking hot. Yeah. I, it was like a hundred and what was it? A hundred and like eight or nine yesterday in LA and in it just went triple zeros in Arizona, you know. <laughs> there was like it. It, it just basically you it, look at the the thermometer in Arizona. It's just, it's just this tilt. <laughs> it's that fucking hot. Like it's ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. It's just tilt. <laughs> Dude, I went outside. This is how fucking hot it is. Okay, I'm driving to work. I got to be to work at eight, so I arrive at work at seven forty-five. Like always, 15 minutes early. Right. Unless I'm late. <laughs> um, I have no AC in the car. It's already 98 degrees. And not the boy band. Like, it's hot. You know? Wow. And 
Yeah, I said it. So the temperature outside is my internal temperature. So you'd think that would be comfortable, but it's not. <laughs> so I get out of the car. I light a smoke, you know, finish that off and go in. I'm sweating a little bit. The AC isn't turned on till 10 in my store. I have no idea why. So it's like it's a big store. So it's like 90 probably. Jesus. While I'm working, you know? that should not. That should be illegal, dude. It's because, like most corporation retail chains, corporate office, which is in the Midwest, controls all of the stores and when it turns on. Hmm. So they, it's not supposed to be this hot yet <laughs> here. <laughs> so it isn't. It's on the old scale. I'm like, you better turn on a news report. You were fucking melting in the street. I know, right? So, so it gets to like one. And I get my first break. I'll catch a smoke real quick. I go outside. I don't. You don't notice at first when you first walk outside. So I walk around the building. I'm in the shade, light smoke, whatever. And I can just feel my body drying. Like my muscles are starting to ache. This is real shit. My muscles are starting to ache in my legs and my arms. My mouth was just shriveling up. Whoa. I was. I started like coughing but not because i was smoking i was coughing because there was no liquid in my throat at all i was like god damn so i i, I stubbed the smoke and i, I bounce in this in the store i drink like a gallon of fucking water out of the water fountain and then i go to work i'm fine i go for my other second smoke get two breaks because i'm cool um <laughs> same exact thing happened and before that i was like i'm gonna drink a bunch of water before i go out there that that should work you know so I drank another gallon and then went outside and it just same fucking thing. I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> I'm going to die. This is the day. You find me in the street. It's horrible. Oh, man. See, it makes you think, are those smoke breaks worth it? No, they're not. And this is actually the last pack I can afford. So <laughs> they're probably not going to be happening anytime soon. <laughs> Uh, man, I know, it's like, out here, so, I got into work yesterday, and it was alright, because I went from the busway to the mall, which is like a block, and I made it in there, I'm like, okay, this isn't too bad, then I step out of the mall after my shift, and I'm like, ugh, it's fucking hot, but it's that heat that's just not hot, you know, and you're breathing it in. It's like it's like someone stuck your face in the oven. Yeah. And that's all you're breathing in is that heat. You're you're, you're in a blast furnace. Yeah. It's ridiculous. You know, and and Adam knows I'm not, you know, I I'm not against walking anywhere because I've done it a lot of times. No, I actually went lazy yesterday, and I took. Normally, I take the the. This motherfucker called a limo. Yeah, I, the AC's better. <laughs> <laughs> no, normally I get off at um, down at the corner because I'll stop in. I'll stop into the um, into the liquor store, grab a drink or something like that. I said, "Fuck this shit!" I rode it all the way up to like my house, popped out, got in my house. So it was like, "Fuck this!" I'm not even walking that half block. This is that's just ridiculous. And then today too, I got up. I had to be at work at ten because we had a product uh, a, a product training. Fucking got up at eight this morning. It was already blowing in hot air through my window fan. It's like fuck. Turn that off and just getting to work. It was just like, oh my god, it was such a fucking nightmare. But what made this happening? Yeah, it made what made it worse is when you go from air condition to 
um, to the Steam Blast, and then back again. It's just like it, it, it's just like fucks with like your body clock, and like I wanted to just sleep right after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm with you on that. Oh man, so no. So if those of you that you know are hearing about this, it fucking sucks. Yeah, it's not funny. Yeah, so stop laughing. Yeah. <laughs> Laugh at my pain. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's time we uh, we we finish the bitching and moaning and go straight into into news. What do you think? I'm not done, but that's fine. <laughs> what do you want to say? Just I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go into that news. All right. In movie news this week, one of the things that bugs me the most is Hollywood and is how about Hollywood is how quickly celebrities turn tail and run when the wind merely changes direction. Actors are paid to provide a service. They are paid to fill a role, and they are more inclined to accept the role or not. However. When you are someone like Jim Carrey, you have the ability to change your mind midstream. Uh, last weekend, Carrey took to Twitter to make his viewpoint known about the upcoming Kick-Ass 2, which he is a part of. While some people in the lame media are calling it bashing, is nothing more than saying something to save face. Uh, and this is, the, this is his tweet. I did Kick-Ass 2 a month before Sandy Hook. And now, in all good conscience, I cannot support that level of violence, he tweeted. My apologies to others involved with the film. I am not ashamed of it, but recent events have caused a change in my heart. Now, that I'm not exactly sure where he comes from, but I can tell you that Kick-Ass is not about violence like Sandy Hook. It, had, it is about kids that are trying to take on a corrupt adult world. Much like Burt Wonderstone, Carrie hasn't had a good year and has been kept very low-key in both films. Someone that, mirrors my, uh, someone that mirrors my confusion is the comic writer and executive producer Mark Miller. He, quote, 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 I'm baffled by his sudden announcement as nothing seen in this picture wasn't in the screenplay 18 months ago. Miller said in his blog, yes, the bl- body count is very high, but a movie called Kick-Ass 2 really has to do what it says on the tin. A sequel to a picture that gave us Hit Girl was always going to have some blood on the floor, and there should have been no shock to a guy who enjoyed the first film so much. This is fiction, and like Tarantino and Peckinpah, Scorsese and Eastwood, John Borman, Oliver Stone, and Chan Wook Park, Kick-Ass avoids the usual bloodless body count of most big summer pictures and focuses instead on the consequences of violence. Our job as storytellers is to entertain, and our toolbox can't be sabotaged by curtailing the use of guns in an action movie. Carrie is far from uh, the funny man that he used to be, but but it seems that someone has got his ear and told him that it isn't cool to support a violent movie. Needless to say, he's already gotten paid for the film, so now he can say he won't support it since he since I have my money. If he truly wanted to make a statement, he would have demanded his part be cut and back and give back the money. Okay, maybe I'm thinking too far out of the box considering he hasn't said anything until now and the movie is over a month away from release. Whatever, dude. Like Sandy Hook was seven months ago. And I mean, I, I can understand that he's not happy about what happened and, you know, I get it. You know what I mean? But it's... This movie has nothing to do with that. Right. So, chillax. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just yeah. chillax. I know. It's like, oh, dude, come on. 
I'm not even. I'm not even ready. I'm not even ready with my my story. You know why? She got me on that Candy Crush. I was checking it out, dude. <laughs> I turned it off. I turned it off. All right. So as corny as it may sound, I owe a lot to Captain Planet. I recite. This is true shit too. I recycle everything I can. I hate wasting resources like water and electricity, and I'm passing these values on to my children. A few months ago, it was pointed out to me that I care about the environment quite a bit, and I have to say, watching the Captain Planet cartoon growing up in the 90s was a big part of that. The show was groundbreaking for its time and opened the eyes of a lot of young people to problems that they didn't even know existed. While my nostalgic love for the show is huge, hearing that there is going to be a live-action version in the works is a strange thing to believe. According to reports, Sony Pictures will be releasing a live-action Captain Planet film being developed by Mark Gordon, Don Murphy, and Susan Montford. No details about the film have surfaced, and no official announcement from Sony has has come out quite yet. But a live-action version of this informative show would be interesting to see. (laughs) Um, And then I asked, like, who do you think should be cast? And nobody replied, because nobody cares. Um... (laughs) No, like Captain Planet and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Because the 90s was when when they really started pushing that recycling and stuff. Yeah. And I was very young. And it's true. I mean, I, I, I now I do recycle and I don't throw shit on the ground and stuff like that. And it's mainly because of those cartoons. You know, I still, because of uh, uh, part the end of a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle episode, I still turn the water off when I'm brushing my teeth. Because oh. Michelangelo said do so. It's about being responsible, right? So, anyway. But yeah, I thought that was funny, and, and I kind of hope this one is, is a rumor, because <laughs> that's a superhero that's not going to make much sense. Like, if they try to make Captain Planet gritty... Oh my god. I wouldn't mind, like, an animated movie. That'd be kind of dope. You know, for the young kids, you know? Don Cheadle as Captain Planet. Don Cheadle. That shit got dark. <laughs> the four The four series Don Cheadle one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it got dark, dude. <laughs> um, but I think I think like I think a cartoon would be cool though, like for the kids. You know what I mean? Something right. a little they could change it up a little less corny, but but why else? would you though? Captain Planet, he's a hero, gonna take pollution down to zero. Yeah, and those freaking wow. bad guys were always those bad guys were always trying to throw toxic waste into something. I'm like, damn, these cats got a lot of toxic waste. I know. It's like, where, where the fuck do they work? China? Ooh, yeah, that never happened too soon that. because we it's a problem we all need to be aware of. All right. <laughs> <laughs> just saying i know right it's like that suddenly just got dark steve steve knows that i am a big proponent for recycling and just being responsible like i fucking i yell at my kids why why are the lights on and they'll tell me because i live in a place where my electricity is paid for i don't have to pay it and they'll be like well we don't pay for electricity I'm like, i don't give a f- what's the <laughs> point you know like somehow you miss the point of you know yeah. that ma- that doesn't matter you know i explain to my kids i'm like and it's so funny because in Arizona, it's, our power comes from the Hoover Dam and a nuclear power plant. But I always tell them, if you use too much electricity, they have to burn more coal to make the electricity, <laughs> which is not the case. Wow. <laughs> Nothing like but. instilling fear into your kids. It's like we have steam engine cars 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> All right. On that note, Ooh. I think we can get into some uh, gaming news. Ooh. As the dust begins to settle on from Sony's positive consumer and critical response from E3, it appears that Sony knew what they were doing up until the big event. Uh, big reveal at the event two weeks ago. According to multiple sources at IGN, it seems that Sony secretly told retailers about the plan for not including the camera, uh, the the PlayStation Eye, before the reveal. The move was done in secret to prevent word from getting uh, back to Microsoft, as Sony never told the retailers the price would be less than originally believed. In the event to reduce the price of the console... Uh, to make it more competitive against Microsoft's console, they removed the camera from being included with the system to deliver the $100 price cut, thus allowing them to offer the console for $399 versus Microsoft's $499 price point. This pushed Microsoft into a corner along with their strategy on DRM. Uh, we're over-delivering value against other choices I think consumers can get, said Microsoft executive Don uh, Matrick recently in defense of uh, – the Xbox One's price. Any modern product these days, you look at it, and 4.99 isn't a ridiculous price point. He added, and, and he has some. There's there is some validity to that statement. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the removal of the camera for Sony does does affect one of the features that was presented at the original reveal earlier this year. The light bar featured on um, in the presentation was designed to work with the camera and the controller. Now that the device is removed, it makes uh, that feature a bit non-existent, since most people won't be able to enjoy that original feature. Let's be honest, though. Not many of us would, <laughs> not many of us would like that feature. Sony didn't do a great integration job with the PlayStation Move when they tried to compete with the Wii. The light bar feature was okay, but I doubt many people will remember it. So to me, the backlash will be minimal because most people would like to save 100 bucks versus getting something they won't use. I agree. I, it, <laughs> I, it's just... No, I, I, it's common sense, right? It's, yeah. The Kinect obviously has a much bigger role to play. Right. With the Xbox One, I mean the the software is built around it, but PlayStation Four is not like that. So there, it would be kind of a why do I need this thing? Yeah, you know. So it made sense for Sony, and it gave him a little bonus, man. It's like, hey, our shit's cheaper because you don't have to buy that eye, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, baby. You know, and that's how Sony talks. Yeah, but they're very yeah. they're very sexual about everything. It's really yeah. weird, and it, yeah, and they're very very like almost like from the streets. They're not from the streets, Steve. They are the streets. Exactly. Okay. So it's whatever, but yeah. just saying. Anyway, um, <laughs> speaking of these two consoles, the battle for console superiority rages on with Microsoft taking a swing this go around. Xbox executive Albert Padillo isn't poking at Sony in this bit, though. And more trying to explain why comparing specs of the two next-gen consoles is, quote, meaningless. Excuse me. The problem, <laughs> the problem is that Sony – this quote, quote – the problem is that Sony decided to go out and publish a bunch of numbers, which are in some ways meaningless, Pinello told OXM. Because this isn't like 1990 when it was 16-bit versus 32-bit. He continued – they actually go out and they actually go out and they talk about how proud they are about their off-the-shelf parts. Our guys will say we touched every single component in the box and everything there is 
there is tweaked for optimum performance. I don't know why that is relevant to anything, but I understand what he's saying. Like it isn't as cut as cut and dry as the as the nineties with the sixteen bit and thirty two bit. I get it. Stupid. No. <laughs> Panillo points out that gamers aren't buying their console based on numbers, um, but on the games games that it's going to play. After all, they are game consoles. Um, quote again. Here's what they care about. He said, "You br- you bought a system to play great games and have great experiences." Pinello said, "I feel like our games and experiences are going to be every bit as good, if not better, technically, on top of all the magic we're going to add with the instant switching and power of the cloud." Um, comparing specs of both systems is useless because it's not going to matter. He says, "I heard this." Ex- I heard this exact same argument last generation. It's a pointless argument because people are debating things which they don't know about. They're now – they're not head silicon engineer Nick Baker or corporate vice president of IEB hardware Todd Holmdale. And I'm not lead PS4 architect Mark Kearney, so why are we having this discussion? <laughs> Damn. Like, burn, motherfucker. <laughs> it's like, you ain't qualified. <laughs> so <laughs> while I do agree that specs – alone don't win a race and the software available is what what people will ultimately look at is key here that doesn't mean it isn't important in the long term when skyrim was released on the ps3 for example the game had some serious performance and stability issues um on just that platform because the hardware wasn't able to do for that game what the xbox 360 could hardware might not be as sexy as the games available but it's the backbone of everything you do of course the difference is between the PS4 and the Xbox One are not too far away from each other. Both consoles use AMD chips and the 86 uh, architectures. This generation is more in line with how a computer is built than ever before, and that's a good thing for all involved. So really the main difference... and you, you, I mean, you could sit here and, and really nitpick, but the only main difference on paper between the two consoles is PS4 uses DDR5 RAM, and the PS3 uses DDR3. Yeah. Both have their pros and cons. Honestly, the specs, they're made by the same company, for Christ's sake. Like, the specs are not, they're not that far off from each other. Yeah. You know, it, it's weird to me that we're even having this discussion, but it's weirder to me that Xbox, <laughs> Xbox loved to make fun of Sony when Skyrim came out. Yeah, because of their cell processor and it was a shitty design. And I agree, it wasn't the best design. You should have used normal parts. But now that they're the they're the current second place, it's easy for them to do the humble route and go, "We shouldn't even be talking about this. <laughs> it's about games, man." Everybody becomes a hippie when they're losing. But if they were winning, they'd be like, "We have DDR5." Fuck Sony, <laughs> yeah. which is which is funny too, because you know they were like all up on Sony shit, you know, mm-hmm. and, and now it's yeah. I mean, I you and you and I said it that spec wise, both systems are generally the same, but other than the specifics, like the, yeah. the way the connect interacts and stuff like that, right? But you know, and to, for most people, that's that's not even a a serious concern, but. I, I think what cracks me up is the fact that we have a situation where Microsoft is really trying to save face. And for them to even remotely say, like, well, to measure it against specs is, is – nobody's measuring against specs. And he, it's, it's their 
deflect they're trying to deflect attention they're trying to yeah. sit there and say no it's not about our drm and it's not about us trying to uh make sure you guys are playing legitimate stuff no we're not trying to play master overlord it's about you know people that want the playstation 3 you know or 4 they're looking at the specs and really trying to... no it's not about that it was never about that no sir not up in here <laughs> I, know, right? I just, I just think it's funny. It's, it's kind of sad. You know, you know where Microsoft loses this generation is they won't shut the fuck up. I know. Like Sony makes a couple of jokes when it's relevant, and then they don't say anything because they know Microsoft is going to keep fucking putting their foot in their mouth. Oh yeah. Sony's just going to go. This is what our system does. Here's a few funny things that aren't really offensive <laughs> about our competition. Here's some more shit. And now we're just gonna be quiet. Yeah. Yeah, just, just just let's sit down, shut up, and let people forget about it. Yeah. And then we go, Oh look, it's launch date and we had most of the pre orders and everybody wanted our system and uh, Microsoft can suck a day. Respectively. <laughs> Respectively. Respectively, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's with all Microsoft due respect. is funny. <laughs> with all due respect, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Uh all right. Well, in comic news this week, DC Comics has had a number of early departures on some high-profile titles earlier this year. Most notably, the departure of Andy Diggle from Action Comics prior to his first issue seeing the light of day. Since then, everything has stayed pretty quiet, but that has seemed to change. USA Today is reporting that writer Greg Pak is coming over to write for the title and is bringing over artist Aaron Cooter, thus forming a new creative <laughs> team for the title. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> Pack is already working on the Superman ba- or the Batman Superman title, whose number one hits retailers last week. Quote, 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 quote. Basically, I've fallen in love with this character all over again. He explained of Superman. In fact, the first comic book I ever drew was, as a kid was a Superman thing. I was doing Superman fan fiction when I was six years old. For younger children, Superman is their first introduction to superheroes, and you love them. But as I've gotten older, I realize how resonant the whole story of Superman is and how his struggles can actually reverberate with people at every age. Superman's gotta do crazy things, Pax said about the upcoming story in Action Comics. At the same time, every step of the way in order for me to care and you to care, whatever Superman is going through has to resonate on that emotional level. We currently don't know what story will be the first run of Action Comics, but we can expect the issue to hit retailers in November with issue 25. I have been enjoying Diggle's run on Action Comics, and I'm a bit disappointed in his premature departure, but having someone from another Superman title could bring it the continuity that it so desperately needs. So desperately needs. Yeah. I mean, because you had... I mean, you, you, you had... Jonathan Hickman, I mean not Jonathan Hickman, good God, Grant Morrison. What are you doing? I know, right? Grant Morrison just doing whatever Grant Morrison does, and then everybody has to try to work around that. Now you have somebody who's working on another Superman title working on action comics. Maybe we can actually get the cohesiveness that it really kind of needs. I don't know. What do you think? I like your, uh, for one, I like your your use of large words. Thank you. You Um, Disrespect? No, it ain't disrespect because I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, I agree. It's, it's, and we were talking about this 
off uh, off radio per <laughs> se. Uh, that I think Action Comics did need a new a new team to get in there and kind of give it a focus. Um, they've been the book has not had my interest, which is weird for yeah. Action Comics. Oh, yeah. I usually follow that one quite well, um, and I think they need to go back to the. Um, like the five issue story arcs type stuff, like where you have this hero for five stories and it's a nice little story. And then you move on to something else. You know, I think they focus on Superman a little too much. Superman has his own damn book. Yeah. So put him in it. You know, it's, I just think, you know, come on, come back, you know, <laughs> come back. Let's do something a little different. I mean, to be, you know, most people don't realize that action comics wasn't a Superman only title. No. It eventually became that way. But it, it never was designed that way. But of course, saying back to what I said, saying action comics should be different shit means detective comics should be different shit too, and they're not going to do that. Oh yeah. So, whatever. Or maybe action comics should just be Superman, but it should be the it shouldn't be the cerebral Superman. See, that's the issue here. Yeah. You have the Superman book, and that's the one that makes you think. Action comics supposed to be about beating everybody's ass because it's action comics. Right. Right. Throwing fucking cars and shit <laughs> beast mode anyway anyways anyways so this is about a movie but the characters are from a comic book so kiss my ass if you don't like it just saying <laughs> not too long ago it was announced that william fitchner will have a role in the upcoming teenage mutant ninja turtles live action reboot with an actor like fitchner it's obvious it, he, he wouldn't be it wouldn't be a small role, and everyone was interested to find out what character he would play. In a recent sit-down with the Huffington Post Canada, Fitchner confirmed that he will be stepping into the role of the main villain of the Turtles mythos, Shredder. I play Shredder, <laughs> he revealed. It is cool. It's one of those things that came along where I thought, really? Let me think about this for a minute. Then I was like, yeah, okay, this sounds like a journey. I'm very glad a journey, man. I'm very glad that it worked <laughs> out. <laughs> I'm really glad that I'm doing it. This may be good news for Fitchner, F- Fitchner with Turtles coming out June 6, 2014, and The Lone Ranger, where he stars alongside Johnny Depp as the villain, um, coming out July 3rd. Oh, I'm sorry, June 6, 2014, um, and this July 3rd, so in a couple days. So yeah, Fitchner coming out with some good movies, man, because that Lone Ranger looks dope, too. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I, I've always liked him. I've liked him from way back in the day. Yeah. And, uh, I, I it's think, like I liked him, I liked it before it was cool. Yeah, see, before, before, see, how it was, was, is that, see, he was boss mode before he was boss mode. Right, right, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah, you feel, you feel? You feel? <laughs> no, but I've, I've always liked his stuff, and every time he comes in, he's either, it's, He's mostly plays a bad guy, which, you know, I'm okay with because he's an enjoyable bad guy. So yes. definitely, definitely going to look forward to – it gives me a new reason to watch the movie because I like him. So I'll have to – we'll have to see how he uh, how he works it out. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. So uh, going into technology news. Technology. After a less than stellar earnings report last week, it seems like as good as time as any to renege on a promise only made six short months ago. 
With BlackBerry pinning all their hopes on their new operating system, BlackBerry 10, they promised those unfortunate owners of their failed BlackBerry tablet, the playbook, that it would receive the BlackBerry 10 upgrade. Unfortunately, during the their earning report, BlackBerry CEO Thornston Hines dropped the bad news and announced that those playbook owners will not receive the latest OS update after all. He didn't go into specifics as to why it won't come their way, but he did state that BlackBerry was unable to get performance up to a satisfactory level. Now, considering how BlackBerry's satisfactory level is, basically it probably just didn't work. Yeah. Uh, he also claims that the company will focus on core products instead. This is from the same guy that suggested that tablets are not going to are not a good business model and will be gone from the market in five years. That is an awesome attitude to have when your product fails, but tell that to Apple, Amazon, and Microsoft. I'm well, sure <laughs> I'm sure all you BlackBerry holdouts are a bit upset at, with this reversal. Now your decision becomes clear. What company will you go with now, Android or Apple? So, or, or Windows. Thank you. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> You're better than that. Okay. <laughs> because now the BlackBerry sucks balls. There's three. So always three <laughs> cell phone companies or cell phone platforms. But you know, it, to me, it's just like, you know, I, I, I don't know. When they were back, when they were called Rim, it made sense because basically, what they were, what were they? A Rim job. Um, but but now it's that just, just sounds like fun. I know, right? But now I mean, they're like, oh, we're doing everything. We've rebranded ourselves, BlackBerry, and we're going to do all this cool stuff, and and we're going to like take over the market. And they've yet, I mean, first of all, they rebranded themselves BlackBerry. Did anyone ever call them Rim? I know, right? Because I always called them BlackBerry. I didn't even know they were called Rim until well after I knew Blackberries existed. I was like, what the fuck? Research in motion. Research. They should be uh, uh, RHS research held at station, homie. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's stupid. I apologize. <laughs> All right. So moving on to a platform that I enjoy more. <laughs> and I think, uh, I think Steve would enjoy too when he eventually makes the leap. So we've done that. We've done we've oh we've known. That's why that it, that sentence didn't make sense. We've known that the first major update to the Windows eight operating system was on its way. Codename Blue at first, the eight point one update is slated for release later this year. While it may not be completely ready, the Windows eight point one preview is now available for those daring individuals that would like to take it for a spin. Microsoft's Brandon LeBlanc writing on the Windows blog went through a few of the improvements you'll see in the latest update. The tiles on the start screen, for example, will be getting some more sizing options, ranging from, quote, really big to, quote, really small. <laughs> this is good news for those. <laughs> and actually, it is like that. So you can make these huge tiles and, like, put pictures in them and shit. Or you can make these little tiny ones just for links. You know. Right, right. This is good news for those that utilize the start screen for all their program links and could make it easier for those that haven't used it by being able to fit more on the screen without having to scroll over. Although new tile sizes will be a bigger blessing for tablet users, more so the desktop users, I think. Also for touchscreen, um, like all-in-one users. Quotey quote, the best part is my... The best part is my start screen customizations, apps, and files get synced across all my Windows 8.1 
PCs and tablets, which is awesome, writes LeBlanc. If I change my start screen, install new apps, pin new apps to my start screen on one PC, that all gets synced to my other PCs. Now, when I first read that, I was like, wait a minute, isn't that already doing that? And technically, yes, it already does that, but it doesn't do it for everything. So I think in the 8.1, it's going to be more closer to everything syncs. Um, the Windows Store has also gone through a redesign that many feel is overdue. My, Microsoft will be announcing new first-party applications that are currently in development as well as as well at a later date. So I actually saw one app. Um, they're making a like a health app. Mm-hmm. And it's actually kind of – or no, I'm sorry, a food app. So it's kind of dope. Like you can keep all your recipes there. So like for my wife or something, she keep all the recipes in there. Um, you can also track your eating habits and your calorie into if you want and your restaurants that you go to. Anything involving food is in that one app. And I saw some screenshots and it was it was pretty impressive. I, I didn't see any other apps though. Currently, the Windows 8.1 preview can be downloaded here. <laughs> you go to the the lazygeeks.com search that Windows 8.1. Uh, article you'll see the link in there as with any time you're testing beta software make sure you back up your data before installing or better yet install on a virtual machine um windows rt users however will have to wait as there is no 8.1 preview available for that arm and i put he he in uh parentheses <laughs> wow. of the operating system quite yet it was like a straight nerd joke and for those that don't get it the rts the rt um tablets use the arm processor yeah that was funny to nerds (laughs) there's someone laughing i know it (laughs) so it's not even that real laugh either it's that oh you oh you poor bastard yeah poor poor bastard (laughs) wow hey man it is what it is you know yeah i mean you know, I, I to be honest, I I have nothing to say on it because I really don't know. You don't know about what? Well, you don't really know. You haven't used Windows 8 yet. Yeah. So I, I and, really... and, and, and this is the thing I've told I've told Steve, and I'm not pressuring him to do anything. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. <laughs> but I do feel for what how you use the computer, Windows 8 would be a good upgrade for you. I think you'd enjoy it. But, you know, in all, all in due time, because Windows 8 and I tell I tell people at my shop sometimes Windows 8 is is a big change aesthetically and in the way you do things. So if you're not if you aren't in the mood, basically, <laughs> to completely change the way you use your computer, it's you know, it's gradual. You can't just do it unless you have to buy a new computer. Then you have a fucking choice. So <laughs> typical Windows. I know. I right? don't want to do operating system, but I need a new computer. Well, then you're screwed yeah, pretty much. All right. Well, as we do each and every week, we find the company, person, or entity, or country that does uh, sub- <laughs> that does something that simply reeks of douchebaggery, and they become the lazy geeks douchebag, <laughs> douchebag of the week. Um, <laughs> this is just it just reeks in bad taste. At the same time, it's kind of funny. Um, yeah. No, it's really funny. It's. <laughs> All right, this comes from uh, NBC News. And a Mexican amusement park lets visitors play the role of immigrants trying to cross 
Mexican-U.S. border illegally. KGNS's Lauren Kendrick – that's a whitey white name that you could get possibly get for this straight white name <laughs> – reports not everyone thinks the attraction sounds like fun. <laughs> what? Really? When it comes to <laughs> scaring visitors, amusement parks traditionally vie to outdo each other with extreme roller coasters and ever spookier haunted houses. But amusement park in central Mexican state of – in the central Mexican state of Hidalgo has been successfully frightening park visitors at about 20 bucks a pop. Fuck, dude. Imagine if like Disneyland was 20 bucks a pop. Right. Um, with a three to four hour – night walk just did air quotes there that simulates an illegal border crossing from mexico into the united states during the experience visitors of parque um, parque eco alberto um, located about 800 miles from the actual mexico u.s border are led by fake smugglers on a seven mile hike that includes climbing over fences and trying to steer clear of barking dogs flashlight beams and other obstructions in an effort to elude fake border patrol officers Quote, unquote, quote, there are a wide variety of unique, interesting and bizarre experiences being cooked up to put people through an amusement park um, through at amusement parks, said Robert Niles, editor of Theme Park Insider. This goes beyond taking someone to a haunted house or having someone jump out of um, jump out at them. It is taking it. It is taking it a new level that we don't ordinarily see. No shit. Uh Park officials say the goal of creating this attraction is to generate income for the local community and discourage young people from leaving town by showing them how dangerous and difficult an illegal crossing can be. Yeah, right. Quote, 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 our objective is to stop the immigration that exists amongst our citizens, principally from the state of Mexico to the U.S., uh, Maribel Garcia, a park administrator, said to the in a PBS report, but if a bill passed uh, today, and this was uh, last week, in the U.S. Senate promising a sweeping overhaul of the com- country's immigration system moves forward, park officials may have to redesign some aspect of the Nightwalk attraction. While the bill would double the number of Border Patrol agents and add 700 miles of fencing along the U.S. border, the legislation would also make it much easier for millions of undocumented immigrants to gain legal status and citizenships in the U.S. At least one anti-immigration group in the U.S. side can see the merit of the Nightwalk. Ira, Ira Merlin spokesman of the Washington, D.C.-based FAIR, the Federation for American Immigration Reform, a nonprofit group that advocates for tighter controls on immigration, said, if the intent is to discourage people from doing it, from risking their lives and violating immigration laws, then it is a worthwhile attraction. So, personally, I'm going to say this first. Mm -hmm. All jokes aside, um, and I'm not trying to get political here and, and all that, I think that the attraction is disrespectful and and not disrespectful and blatantly disrespectful, but not to America, to the people that (laughs) nearly die or die trying to cross the border. Right. You know, whatever their intentions are. But there are a lot of people that cross because they're starving to death or the cartel shit. Like they're just trying to get away from bad shit. And, yeah, they're going about it wrong. But what they said is true. Our immigration system is really fucked up. So maybe, you know, you got to walk in another man's shoes to really know what's going on. But maybe they feel like that's the only out that they have to sneak in, 
you know, and it's it's a dark moment. It's not really something to make a theme park about. <laughs> no wonder they're trying to leave. I mean, it's I to me, it just it's like what? Who's? I want to be a fly on the wall who pitched that idea. Yeah. Well, I want to I want to see the guy go. Okay, this is what I had in mind. People here want to go across the border into the U.S. Right? Let's make it an attraction. It's like. The, Let's the, make it fun. Exactly. Let's make it fun and exciting for people who think about it but would never do it. Yeah. It's I mean <laughs> Let's let the let's let the well to do that can afford the theme park right. make fun of the poor that yeah. actually feel that they need to do that. Oh, That's my. wonderful. Yeah, oh my god. Uh it's like what the fuck were you guys thinking? It's, so it's one of those it's one of those eye openers of this is probably why they want to leave. Like shit like this. <laughs> well, what cracks me up is that you expect this from the United States. Oh, yeah. You kind of expect it from us. Because we make fun of poor people all the time. Yeah, I mean, but then you go ahead and you turn around and you're like, oh, wow. They're, they're doing it? That's, that's, not, that's, that's not cool. It's not right <laughs> if someone else is doing it. I know. Because we're America, goddammit. We should America. be doing that. America, fuck you. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, we got some time for site comments. Woohoo! Aw, shit. Yeah, first one is yours, motherfucker. Motherfucker. Um, Nikki. Is it is it Jan? Juan? Juan? It's not Juan. Jan? Yeah, yeah. I think it's Jan. I'm so sorry. Uh, Nikki Hun um, commented on my Naughty Dog apologizes for Boston subway map. So um, just real quick, they used a recently updated subway map that they made for the Boston rail system that an artist created. And they didn't ask him for permission. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, much better map. <laughs> Kudos to the fucking artist. Let me just say that. Um, first Ellen Page, now the city of Boston. Everyone just wants to hop on the fame wagon of The Last of Us. <laughs> that, that was kind of funny. Um, yeah, I mean, the Naughty Dog apologized to the guy, and I think they gave him some sort of something. But they gave him the game for free. Here, yeah, enjoy here. the game. Enjoy the game. <laughs> Don't tell Ellen Page that we gave this to you. But, yeah. I, I I saw that, and I was like, going, oh. I mean, if you want to go with a younger, brown-haired girl, <laughs> you know, I mean, it just is like, I don't know. <laughs> like, Ellen Page might be a little full of herself, but, you know. Um, well, you know what the thing is, and I never followed up on the article, which is my fault, but she said, that, she even said that it got it got blown way out of proportion. And she wasn't, she was kind of, she just said what it, a little wrong, because the guy kind of just abruptly asked her about it. Um, but she was looking forward to playing The Last of Us, and then Naughty Dog replied, said, hey, yeah, thanks, yeah. I mean, it could, I think it was just a coincidence, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, no one goes, you know, let's make a game, and Ellen Page, I think, yeah. we're just gonna copy her likeness, and yeah. no one's gonna notice, because Ellen right. Page is distinctive in any way. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, come on. Oh, speaking of which, I saw that movie, Super, with her oh, that's and, that's uh, movie. And, I told you. Yeah, I, I liked it, I liked it. It's a clusterfuck of a movie. It is a clusterfuck of a movie, and yeah, that whole scene where you said where she, like, where she did that whole you know, fuck me, 
you know, and, and Rain Wilson's like, no, it was like, wow. You're just going, yes, just, just, yeah. let it, just let it happen. Just let it happen. Just let her do it. Yeah. You know, you want Be to. Yeah, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this one here is from Those Crazy Gilberts. That's an awesome, that's an awesome yeah. handle. Uh, talking about Time Warner allowing access to the Xbox One. Uh, Time Warner is one of the first official um, uh, providers that will allow uh, customers to plug their cable box into the Xbox One and um, allow you to stream, uh, have your TV go through it so you can do all that stuff that Microsoft wants you to think is is really cool and important to the Xbox One. Uh, <laughs> we sound like Xbox One haters hard. I, I know, we do. I think and it's, we're really trying not to. It, it's not, it's just because, yeah, we've, it, it's just hard not to because it's like, they're focusing on the things that, to me, aren't that important. It's cool, but it's a novelty. And yeah. to me, it's like, after a bit, it's like, well, why can't I just... And I, uh, Pat and I kind of had a discussion about this yesterday, is that, to me, it's just like, you know, why can't I just have my uh, have my TV di- cable directly into my Xbox? Why do I have to have the Time Warner cur- um, converter... And then plug it into my Xbox. To me, that yeah, just it, seems kind of stupid. All these super cool things they're talking about is starting to sound like it's going to get complicated. Yeah. You know, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> all right. But anyway, to the comment on that. Yeah. I'm sure that the cable companies are very concerned about the streaming nature and the pick-and-choose nature that's coming from things like Hulu and Netflix. Maybe this is the first step toward the cable companies' integration into the streaming pool. The way people watch TV is changing, and maybe this is the first of many experiments to see how they can bridge the gap and still stay in business. Um, I, he, he's referring to uh, – or those crazy Gilberts are referring to – I don't know how many of them there are uh, – are referring to a point where I was saying that um, – you know that they're trying to put it into the cable box. I mean, into the Xbox because you have. I mean, and the whole trying to basically say you don't have to cut the cord. You really don't because you know people are pushing for all the carts and you know want to get rid of cable providers while they're still going through Netflix and Hulu, which kind of you can kind of pretty much get everything, everything you need from those and YouTube. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and cable companies are really trying hard to integrate themselves into this into especially xbox because they want to people to stay relevant because my thing is is that you know why do i have to pay for the cable service to plug into my xbox while i still have to play xbox so much money just to get access to all their stuff it kind of it kind of sounds like the the age-old question why do i have to pay for xbox live to watch netflix right which is why it's so easy to it to see this happening in that way. Right. Um, and I don't know. That was one thing too, like when they said, um, going to Sony just real quick as a comparison, um, when Sony says, you know what, the PlayStation network plus accounts are required now for online gaming. And I was like, Oh, that's, you know, that kind of makes sense. They should, they want to make some money. Ain't no wrong with that. But they go, but you can watch Netflix, Hulu and programs like that without having plus. And I thought that was a really big deal. Not only just as a convenience, you know, because right. if I didn't pay my Plus account, my kids can still watch Netflix or something like that. But also it's kind of showing that they understand the dynamic of it. They understand that you've already paid for these services. 
you're just using the internet connection that you've already paid for. You don't have to pay for Plus to do that. Right, exactly. You know? And it's something that Microsoft Microsoft just nickels and dimes you to death. Oh, I know. You know, and it's it's it, even if it's a couple bucks, or even if it's like, oh, well, I'm going to have live anyway. It's not the point. You know, it's it's annoying. You know, and yeah. I don't know, whatever. Because honestly, like I'm going to be playing the PlayStation Four. Yeah, I agree. That's me, me. And then if I get an Xbox One, my kids will probably play it. So I'm not going to get Xbox Live because I get young kids. Right, because you're, you're, you know, you're so. free on Sony, so there's no point in it. And now that it's not going to, you know, it's not going to brick your system. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, before we head out, we want to remind you to check out our website, thelazygeeks.com, where you can get all sorts of news in the world of geekdom. Also, be sure to subscribe to our Lazy Geeks Network on either iTunes or via the website, where you can get all our podcasting content, including In the Ink Podcast, which is our comics-only podcast, The Lazy Ring of Death, which is our video game and technology, and The Cinephile Podcast this is where movie geeks talk about movies. So like us on Facebook, add us to your circle on Google+. Plus. Follow us on Twitter at the Lazy Geeks, one word, or you can follow me at TLG Stephen Vargas or Adam over there at TLG Adam Riley. The yeah. the Lazy Geeks team is provided by the talented Kevin McLeod. So be sure to leave a comment because if you do, we just may read it on the podcast. Remember, we're thinking, so you don't have to. So until next week, a peace out. Yeah.